Hey, it's a... It is recording this time. I'm not going to talk for 30 minutes um, to nobody and then have to re-say everything I said. <clears throat> it's Jacqueline Kitsby. <laughs> um, it is the Awaken Tarot Podcast. Hi. Uh, you know, there's a ramp up of COVID happening in China or in Ukraine uh, and Russia and um, as well as the revolutions happening in Iran that we should be paying very close attention to. Um, of course, as, you know, um, you know, the other thing, this isn't so much a current event, but it is something that just like, and we'll probably tap on it more in the collective reading. I'm sure it'll come up, but it is that time of year that is very, very hard for a whole lot of people. It is holiday season. Um, and there are so many people, uh, who struggle with families, struggle with their families, have no contact with their families, um, are grieving those who have passed, collective energy all around that we kind of talk with current events. Like this is going to be a month that's pretty heavy for a lot of people as well as, you know, fun and comfort and cozy for a lot of people. So if you're feeling like a little bit like sad and then happy or frustrated and then nostalgic, but you know, just kind of those, that whiplash of emotions, like that's pretty normal all of the all of the things that are happening across the world in regards to things like the war in Ukraine or you know the revolutions happening in Iran like all of that is going to contribute to the collective energy of the season which is very difficult because it is supposed to be and is actively marketed as this cozy joyful holiday but for a lot of people it's so much more complex and nuanced than that so just as we're kind of paying attention to like current events and stuff like that and like collective energy in general you know just separate from the collective energy reading at the end of the podcast like this is a heavy time for a lot of people so if you're feeling like that collective energy like your readings are a little wonky it's some of it is that energy as well so let's see I think it's really funny when tarot does this like because what it could have done was given me the the card we're going over this week is strength uh, which I triple quadruple check to make sure that we had not talked about as a card yet. And somehow we have not, even though I feel like I'm having some sort of Mandela effect of like, I feel like I've talked about this card. I must have, I must just talk about it a lot, like on the podcast in general, but now it's getting its own dedicated episode. But, you know, Tarot could, could have given me strength last week, which would have been a really good chance for me to talk about death this week, but it didn't do that. It said reverse, reverse. So this week we're talking about strength and uh, that'll be great. So uh, tagging on, you know, kind of for, well, let me explain the card first. Let me explain what this card looks like. So, and I kind of talked a little bit about this last week, but this is a person and they're standing on a, like kind of like a lush greeny field area. They're in a long white robe and the robe is kind of adorned in these flowers and in their hair is a crown of flowers and above their head is an infinity sign. And the person is bending over in this gown, in this pristine gown. Um, some people would say they are holding the lion's mouth open. Some people would say that they are petting the lion's, like caressing their head and the lion like has their tongue out, kind of in the same way that like, you know, um, for those of us who have cats, like there's a specific spot on your cat that if you start scratching them, they will start licking you. Why? I don't know. I am not a cat psychologist, but from what I can discern from my own cats, it is because you are showing them affection and they're showing you affection back. Um, if you are a cat psychologist, Bailey, uh, I'm talking specifically to you if you're listening to this episode, um, you can correct me on Instagram and my DMs. <laughs> 
So yeah, in in strength is let's just start with kind of like the meat of the card before I dive really into the symbology here. And some of this you will remember probably from last week's episode or from when I've talked about this before. There is um some debate in tarot about the death line because strength is in the death line. Some people refer to strength as card eight, which starts the death line, or as card 11, which is kind of more towards the middle-ish of the death line. The death line in tarot is um, strength or justice, and then the hermit, and then the wheel of fortune, and then justice, and then hanged man, death, and temperance. I'm pretty sure I did all of that right. Yes, I did. It is justice. It is wheel of fortune, card 10. Justice, card 11, hanged man, card 12. Yep, see, look, I can do, I can count. I'm so good at counting. Um, now, some people would start the death line off in justice, and then that would make strength card 11. Now, it's completely okay if that's how you read. It's not It's not the most common way, but it is kind of a point of contention within, you know, people who are creating tarot decks. And I think it mostly kind of aligns with how you tell the story of the death line which eventually I will do. I'll tell the stories of the lines. Um, That's kind of my next thing after I move through the cards here. But the reason I I choose to prescribe to strength as card eight is because of a little line I said last week, um, and then again, it is like some sort of biblical line. I said I thought it was a psalm. I didn't research that. I don't actually know if it's a psalm. It is a line from the Bible, and it's essentially, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid. Now, strength makes sense for me to start off the death line because because of what we see in the death card. I think it makes I think it's more impactful here. When you exit the chariot and you enter strength, this is this is um listen, I'm about to blow some of your minds here. This is Frodo Baggins leaving the Shire. This is Frodo Baggins was in the chariot, living his little life in the Shire. Okay. He was thriving barefoot up in the hills. He was doing his thing. He was living his life. And then some very tall wizard man comes in and says, hey, let's uh, uh, keep it secret, keep it safe. And all of a sudden, now he has to make this giant fucking decision. And that giant fucking decision is, is he going to really, is he really going to leave the, sh- the Shire where he would have a thousand experiences where he's comfortable, where he could just get married and have a nice little sweet little life. And instead, now he's going to choose to make this trek off to Mordor to throw a ring into some lava. That's what he's going to do. Yeah, that's what he's going to do. He's choosing to meet this with strength. It's not strength is not like some sort of like huzzah, the death line. It's not it's not really like that. It's more like I can see why this is a necessity. And um, I can see that it's going to take a lot of strength even just to decide to do this, to take this journey. So when we're talking about strength starting the death line, I think that's way more impactful than starting off in justice, which is like, well, fuck like justice is justice and i've said this before it's kind of like this idea of this ga- this gathering of wisdom that you get after the wheel of fortune you kind of like injustice and you're like okay um i can see the wisdom of being in this place i can see i can kind of see what's happening here uh i deserved to be in this chrysalis because that's how nature works that's my instinct uh, justice is kind of like knowing that things happen because that's just how life is. It's, I know, I think I talked about this potentially like in the justice card when, and if I didn't, then that was my bad, my error. Uh, but when, you know, I talked about the justice card, I probably said something along the lines of, you know, justice talks about us deserving death. And 
Um, we deserve to die just based off of the fact that we're living. And I probably said something along the lines of um, there kind of comes this point where we have to, in justice, we are weighing some things like what we've done versus, you know, kind of like that justice and judgment, I feel like kind of like have like a tie in or like a line to each other sometimes because Justice is a very, like, it's all about that wisdom, garnering that wisdom. The the story of the King of Solomon that I've told so many times on here, I might as well, like, on, honestly get, like, some sort of, like, certificate for seminary at this point. But, you know, like, that choosing to use wisdom to, to, to discern what is fair, because what's fair isn't always what's equal, and what's equal isn't always what's fair or right. So justice coming, I think, further on in the death line makes more sense to me than starting off the death line where it's like all of a sudden, like you haven't even it takes it takes I think it takes strength to get to that point. It takes strength to go through the you know, sometimes the death line is all about this process of growing as a human and admitting you were wrong about something. Um, And it's about growing and about dying to your old self and about gaining that wisdom through that process. And so for me, it makes more sense that justice comes in as card 11 rather than at the beginning which is why I'm going to teach strength as card eight. Eights are a number of total transformation, okay? This, I think, aligns very well with the fact that above the person's head um, here on this card, they have an infinity symbol. And an eight, when you draw an eight, is a little infinity symbol. Um, I'm not saying those two things are related, but I do think they make a nice little reminder of what it means. Um, when we're in, when we're kind of looking at the what it means to be changed, what it means to transform. Um, It means that we're not going back. We're not going back to what we were. Now, that doesn't mean we stop transforming and changing. We are going to be a million different versions of ourselves. Um, I'm a, you know, sometimes even you're a completely different person, you know, changed completely from where you woke up one morning to when you went go to bed that night. Um, Strength in, in that change is just kind of talking about like once you're this new you, this new thing, this new person, like you don't go back. Even if like you repick up old habits or stuff like that, like you're still a new person, a new you with, that picked up that same old bad habit, but you're a new you um, with a new with a new way of thinking, picking up that habit. Like a really easy example is like, you know, uh, I'm a nail biter because I have anxiety, and I will go through like phases of okay, I'm gonna stop biting my nails, so I stop biting my nails, which is great. Um, and then I go that way and like, it'll be like a five to six month period where I don't bite my nails and then something will happen and I bite my nails again. That doesn't mean that I I go back to being the person I was like, I'm still that changed person. I've just picked up an old habit. So now I have to, you know, resolve that habit or end that habit in a, in kind of a new way, because obviously if the way before um, had worked, I wouldn't be nail biting again. So, you know, just kind of, that's like a really like microcosm example of, talking about what change looks like and how the strength card fits there with card eight because you go from the chariot living in the shire and and doing shire things things you know things that even if it's a situation you haven't tackled yet like you you have seen your small little community of people tackle those issues you kind of know how to resolve those things whereas when you enter, when you leave the chariot and you decide to enter strength, you're kind of like holding on to Gandalf's hand, like, okay, I guess like I'm off to meet the beast now. I'm off to meet Sauron. I'm off to do this thing. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I, and I'm scared out of my fucking mind, but I'm committing to, I'm committing to the beast that this is. And, 
That doesn't make the lion that this person is next to any less scary. It doesn't make it any less scary, but got it. Um, it does. It does make it your choice to put yourself next to that lion. Like it would be way, way, way more alarming if like you had no idea you were entering strength and all of a sudden there was a lion next to you. I think a really important part about strength is recognizing that it's like a choice because in a seven, it's realization, it's self-control, it's all of that. So in an eight, when you're in strength, you've made a choice to be in strength and now you are actively working on moving through the fear of that choice. Strength is, um, strength implies a lot of vulnerability. Um, there is so much like, you know, there's, you can apply strength to the concept of the strong lion tamer, the, the one who has massive control over the lion through fear, through, um, like, um, let's, let's talk about this in regards to like parenting, right? Like there's this new phrase, it's called gentle parenting. Gabriel and I have chosen to gentle parent Evangeline. And um, this is because I did not have, I was not gently parented in any capacity and it really fucked me up. So I learned to respect others through fear and that fear of disappointing others, that shame has followed me. Like I'm an almost 30 year old woman and I am completely paralyzed by the idea that I am disappointing somebody in some capacity or I'm not pleasing them. Like it's an incredibly shameful thing for me. And um, I respect other people, but a lot of that is because I am so scared. Um, And like, that's kind of like when you really break down all of the things, like that's where I'm at. So we've chosen to gentle parent because we want Evangeline to make decisions and follow rules and listen to us because she respects us, not because she's afraid of us. So when you're talking about strength and you're comparing it to like kind of this concept of lion taming, this person has tamed this lion and gained it's gained the beast trust, not through like beating the lion up and like making that lion afraid of her or afraid of them. Um, they've done it by getting close to the lion and building that trust and letting the lion sniff them and letting the lion, you know, kind of getting to a point where the lion is like, okay, like even though this is a person and people, people, you know, they, they hold things captive. They, they push things down. They take control over things. I'm going to, this person has put the time and effort into allowing me to get used to their scent, get used to their presence. And so I'm going to go up to them and let them help me. And that strength is called vulnerability. And vulnerability is a huge strength. Putting yourself in a fragile like proposition or a fragile position, knowing that things are fragile and you're allowing them to be fragile, you're allowing yourself to feel fragile kind of in this death line capacity, that's a huge fucking deal. If you're trying to tackle the death line by going in like, I'm going to make death my bitch, like you're not going to make death your bitch. <laughs> you're just not going to do it. You're you're going to have a lot of expectations set up that you are going to conquer something rather than live and move with something. Because I promise you, death will conquer you. You will be death's bitch before you make death your bitch. But if you're trying to kind of succeed in the death line, moving in there with vulnerability and with humbleness, that's what's going to save your ass. Okay. Um, so in this card, you have this person and they're coming to the lion. But I think that the real strength here that we're seeing is that that lion has shown strength and allowing itself to be vulnerable. And because that lion is allowing itself to be vulnerable and go up to this person, because like arguably, like we as humans are animals biggest threat across the board. We have made it so that we have hunting weapons and guns and 
you know, even to the point where we endanger species. And on the other hand, without any kind of weaponry, we would get absolutely smooshed and, and devoured by by a lion. We absolutely would. We can't outrun them. They are, um, without our technology, without our, without spears or any kind of tool or weapon, like, we are essentially, like, uh, checks mix for a lion. Like, we are an easy, easy fucking snack. So it's not just the lion showing showing that vulnerability here. It's the human as well, this person, and we're extending that to each other. So when you're talking about strength and you're talking about entering the death line in strength, which is I think how this happens, that lion, that, that, that lion is a metaphor for death itself. It's the big beast, that beast we're coming in to tackle. And the and strength is kind of like we're feeling each other out. We're showing vulnerability, and that's where that strength lies. The strength is not brute physical gains or muscles or anything like that. The strength comes in allowing yourself to be just this very, in a very vulnerable position and trusting this thing that you know could could hurt you or could eat you um, and allowing allowing yourselves to be partners in like the taking on of this line and the taking on of going through like the death process. So whenever I pull strength in a reading, my first thought is not like, wow, you're so strong. My first thought is like, hey, so talk to me about, talk to me about your fears. Talk to me about where you're feeling really fragile. Um, talk to me about the things that you would do if you weren't afraid to do them. You know, kind of in that capacity, if you pull strength in, let's say, uh, let's say you pull strength in a relationship reading, that's a really common thing that people come and ask for readings about, like, I would say something along the lines of, in what capacity um, are you feeling vulnerable in this relationship right now? Or are you afraid that the other person is feeling vulnerable? Like, what is that trust like in that relationship? Because obviously there's some feelings of fragility here or some things that we're feeling like we're not being taken care of properly in a way. And and why is that? And how would that change if you were if if you were feeling properly taken care of? Because at the end of the day, the strength card here is talking about being utterly weapon weaponless vulnerable, no shields, nothing else, just you in a white gown <laughs> covered in flowers, really making yourself look like a pretty appetizing snack for this beast. And this, and at the end of the day, like the beast doesn't want to eat you. The beast needs help too. The beast is trying to welcome you and walk with you there. Another good way to talk about strength, and this is, listen, so apparently this is a fantasy themed episode. I've gone to Lord of the Rings and now we're going to talk about the Chronicles of Narnia. Now there are a lot of Issues with the Chronicles of Narnia, um, considering that it was kind of like an allegory for Christianity. So I want you to put that thought on pause here as I'm talking about this. I'm just talking about the 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 book, the Chronicles of Narnia. If you haven't read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, um, essentially there is a big lion, and the big lion is like the god of Narnia, and he is like big lion god. And there is a point where the big lion god, <laughs> Aslan. Okay, so I'm going to really like form a synopsis here. Essentially, there's this white witch and she has um she wants to stop these human the humans from taking over like ruling Narnia because currently she rules Narnia. She is aware that Aslan is more powerful than her, but currently she is withholding that power because she's keeping humans off of the throne. So, anyway, she has control over one of the children and she's going to kill one of the children and Aslan says, "No, you can kill me." Instead, Give them back their brother and you can kill me. But he doesn't tell anybody else that. And so Aslan at one point has to walk at night to go meet the White Witch where he knows he's going to die. 
He knows that the White Witch is going to kill him, but he hasn't told anybody else that. So he walks out of his tent and there are the two little children there. And he says, you can't come to where I'm going. You can't, you can't come to where I am going, but would you, would you walk with me there? And so the children having no idea what's actually happening, only knowing that Aslan has this meeting with the White Witch, they walk with the big lion to where this thing is happening, where this meeting is taking place. And then they watch him be killed. And, uh, you know, when we're talking about strength, the strength that we're talking about in that story was not just Aslan walking to where he knew he was going to die. It was the please walk with me to the children, to the fucking kids. He said, hey, children, literal kids, walk with me to die. He, but he didn't say I mean, he didn't say he was dying. But like the idea here is that the strength that's being displayed is in is is in the vulnerability, right? Let's make this really, really, really obvious for a second. Let's say that you're, it, let's say you're depressed. Let's say you're in a really big depressive episode and it's getting to a point where the laundry is building up and the dishes are building up and every time you hear a sound, you're cringing because it's just too fucking much. You're so overstimulated and you are trying to be strong. You're trying to use brute strength to get through fucking everything and finally, you're at a point where like you literally things have piled up so much you physically can't tackle it. What do you do? You ask for help. Brute strength was not cutting it. Brute strength and you trying to get your shit together and do it, it wasn't working. So what did you do? You asked for help. Now the dishes are done. Now the laundry is done. Not because you did them, because you couldn't. You couldn't do it. But somebody, ha- your partner helped you. Your partner fucking helped you. The amount of times that I have had to go and go into my strength card and be like, listen, I have tried to brute, I've tried brute force. I've tried to manhandle myself into finishing this thing, into getting this thing done. And I just fucking can't do it. It doesn't even matter if it, if it makes sense that you can't. I eventually just said, I need help. I can't do this. I've tried to get myself to do it, but brute strength isn't enough. I need, I need actual help. And the strength there was me asking for help or you asking for help or the asking for help and trusting that other person to not eat you. <laughs> like, um, that's like a really good thing I have with my partner. There was a letter that was giving me a lot of executive dysfunction, anxiety, like I just couldn't do it. And I knew it needed to get done. And I knew myself well enough to know that I was not going to put myself in enough of a chokehold to, to stop avoiding the thing. And it doesn't even matter why I didn't want to do it. Like sometimes it doesn't even make sense to me. But I finally just like looked at my husband and I said, I feel really stupid having to say this to you. But there's a letter. It's now come twice. I need to fill it out. Um, but for whatever reason, my mind is not doing it. I need your help. I'll sit next to you and I know all of the answers and I'll give it to, I'll give them to you, but could you just fill it out? And he just said, yeah, okay, just tell me. I'm really good at doing this kind of stuff. These things don't, these things do not phase me at all. And he did it and he didn't judge me. And I went and put it in the mailbox and, I was, and it's done. And it was like little to no effort. I just had to be willing to ask. And that's the thing about the strength card. Like it, it is a card that is reminding you that the real strength is in the vulnerability of, of, of asking for help, of trusting somebody enough for help to be a possibility for you, of knowing that you can even ask source or your higher self or whatever higher power you prescribe to just like, you know, kind of like just help me, walk with me, be with me. Sometimes we just need someone to be with us. And, and that vulnerability is that that is the that is the strength we're displaying so that by the time we meet death, we have we have somebody there with us. 
whether it's internally or whether we've asked for help. And so as we're moving through that process, we have that person, that person we trust with us and we can greet, you know, death in the, in, in when it's time to meet death in the death line, we can greet them the way that strength does in the death card, which is just bearing their neck and saying like, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm afraid, but I'm not, but I'm here. I'm afraid, but I'm here and I can be here because I have had help getting here. Um, so, you know, there is such a beauty in strength and, and in strength, again, it's not the brute strength, the physical Herculean, uh, smashing of walls strength. It's that quiet strength. It's that strength and mutual trust and vulnerability and knowing that if all else fails, you can ask for help and, and finding that help and finding that grace and, there is such a beauty in that. And so again, when we pull that in a reading, I always I always tune my thoughts into where's the vulnerability? Where's the trust? What, in what situation are you feeling fragile? What, how are you asking for help and not receiving it? What are you afraid to take on? What is it truly that you're afraid to take on? What about the situation truly scares you? Um, because that's where you're going to find that strength going into those, going into those vulnerable moments. Because if nothing else, this card is showing one person permanently altered and two beings that are both of equal danger to each other coming together and both displaying vulnerability in a very equal capacity. Um, and then kind of like meeting that death and then moving forward. I have spoken for 30 minutes about fantasies. So now it's, t- <laughs> this is the part of the podcast where I give my dissertation on J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis's friendship and how they fucking decided to hate each other because they were alive at the same time. Isn't that bananas? No, it's the collective reading. This is the King of Swords. But you know what? You really should look into that because that's really fucking funny. Um, if you if you didn't know that J.R. Tolkien and uh, C.S. Lewis were like, alive at the same time and they like were friends and then they had beef with each other uh that's a fun thing to look up but uh the collective reading coming up in this coming this coming week is the king of swords uh no i'm kidding um the king of swords is about uh this is fire and swords this is about actively using your voice to and your thoughts to kind of like lead um, this coming week, if we're talking about this in a collective reading capacity, there's going to be a lot of us who are dealing with family members. And if you're listening to this podcast then and you're drawn to tarot, then you've probably experienced some sort of some form of little T trauma to big T trauma. And a lot of those times, unfortunately, those, you know, those that trauma is facilitated in regards to our family members or has been enacted upon us because of our family. Um, and we're also going into, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, this season, which is supposed to be so nostalgic and warm and, you know, family oriented. And for so many of us, it's not. So as you're navigating this process, be really upfront with your expectations and communications. Talk to people like, like, um, I'm trying to think of an example here. Like if you already know that you're going to need some quiet time because you're overstimulated because of everything, then straight up say, hey, I need to go. um, I'm going to take about 20 minutes to go um, answer this email and then go answer your email. You know, your email being like closing your eyes and giving yourself 20 minutes of some goddamn fucking peace. Um, If you already know that you have way too much wrapping to do and you're going to need someone to tackle it. Then you go to your partner and you say, hey, I'm going to wrap like half of these presents and these other half of the presents are for you to worry about. Essentially using your voice to make sure that your expectations are met and actively communicating that process and your needs. 
if you're feeling really like again vulnerable and fragile as you're as you're going into like being around family tell tell someone you trust like hey this is how you can help me best in my situation like we're going to visit my family in Florida and my family has not is not notoriously easy so going into it it's going to be one of those things where I'm going to have to be okay with being really like essentially rather than asking for permission doing what I need. Not, hey, can I go have a quiet moment? But essentially saying, I'm going to go take a shower for a minute. I'm going to go take a, I'm going to go take a shower and allowing myself to take what I need. You know, I don't want to hurt people in the process of that, but allowing yourself to take what you need and do the thing because you're, you know, just existing and doing you. Um, I think so many times we apologize for those things. And I think this is what I'm really trying to get at here is that so many times we apologize for saying our needs or doing what we need. Like, hey, I'm really sorry. Is it okay if I go grab a shower? Like you're coming at that as an apology. Rather come at it as a, hey, I need a shower. I'm going to go take one. Um, Is there anything you need for me before I do that? Or am I okay to do that? Like take up your space where you need to, especially when we're kind of going through this almost very like vulnerable kind of period of really this conglomeration of family and joy and and festiveness and stuff like that. Specifically, if you're the person that is expected to do all of the cooking and preparations, it's okay to take up space and say, hey, I've left this for you to do. And then if it doesn't get done, that's not on, it doesn't matter. You, If it doesn't get done, then it's that person's problem, not yours. Do not come at people. Do not speak in an apology. Speak your needs. That doesn't mean don't be helpful. It means speak your needs. Um... And I hope that that helps. Hey, if you like this podcast, please consider rating and subscribing and reviewing. It helps so much get the podcast out there. And um, it makes my day to read. Um, Also, if we reach 200 reviews between Spotify and Apple, I'm going to pie my husband in the face with a frozen pie because he deserves it. I'm kidding, Gabe. I love you so much.